Okay, one second. Okay, cool. All right, so we are officially live right now. Uh, yo, yo. Friends of the internet, uh, welcome to the community hotline for the people, by the people, presented by 88 Real Estate Media. Uh, today, we're going to discuss money, education, and entertainment. And today's special guest is the all-star comedian, Mr. George Wang. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi. So no no cursing, right? Is that what you said? Yes, the sign right there. Um, so the rules are, if you do curse, if any of us curse, uh, you'll get a first strike, then you'll get a second strike, and then on your third strike, uh, I'm going to be honest, I still don't know what I want to do with it yet. <laughs> You should uh, just throw people out like a trap door. <laughs> That's that it would be funny because then you like give people pressure. So it, like I don't know. I think uh, you should just throw them out. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, that was literally like my first thought, like randomly. <laughs> like, if they catch strike through, I'll be like, Oh guys, he's done. <laughs> and then it just X you out. What if you get this like super high profile guy to do it, like Kanye? Are you just all right, I'm sorry. And just third one, he's out. I don't That's know. Crazy. Whatever. Rules are rules. <laughs> I would do. I mean, yo, if I had Connie on here, I would definitely, I'd make that for sure. Um, you, anyway, you'd, you'd cut him at three? I think it depends on how many episodes I've done up to that point. You okay. know, if I'm, if I'm like pretty established and people know me as like, if you curse on this more than three times, I'm going to drop you. Then at that point, I'm going to be like, yeah, sorry. You know, I got I got people that I got to be held accountable for. Um, but I think if I did like you know under twenty, I'd be like, I don't know, it's Kanye. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. No, nah, the rule applies. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, I'll have you hold me accountable. Why don't you uh, Why don't you kind of introduce yourself to the to the people of the community? All right. So my name is George Wang Jr. Uh, I am a little Wang. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I am a comedian. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I, I, I also teach skateboarding. So uh, long story short, I took two things growing up that I always thought weren't ever going to get me anywhere, which is class clown and skateboarding. These were the two things in high school that, like, you went constantly being kicked out of school, constantly being, you know, you know, like thrown in the principal's office. And I never knew, like, when you interrupted a class to say that one witty line to get the class laughing, that that would be setting you up for a, a career in stand-up comedy, which is funny how everything just panned out because I went through this, uh, this, I went through the machine. You know, I, when, I, when I got out of high school, I tried doing college, didn't work. Then I met this girl and, and the whole thing was I, I try to impress her. So, you know, I try to get a job and be like everyone else. And then that's when I felt like my life just slowly started to decline because I just pushed aside everything I love to be part of the system. And that's when I like started to be like really heavy into drinking. I got like two DUIs. I uh, was always constantly in like relationships that just went nowhere. And what I realized through that whole process was I was just not happy because I didn't do things that fulfilled my soul. And so um, there was a critical moment in my life where 
I, you know, long story short, I got into like a really bad car accident. I was under the influence. I got laid off of my job. I lost a girl. You know, they say bad things come in threes. And it was a time for me to change my life. And at that point, I'd saved all this money. So I took all the money and then I went uh, backpacking in uh, uh, Central America. I'd never done that before. And uh, when I went to Costa Rica, I had this tattoo that says pure life. And what it taught me over there was when you're in these co countries where they're not solely based on capitalism, people just live and love off the land. And they, they live a pure life. They, they love, they work, but they don't take stuff too seriously. Um, so once I went out there, I got this enlightenment. I came back and I just went for it. I was like, you know what? So I threw myself in entertainment. I got pretty lucky. I got a bunch of really big gigs where I got, you know, hired to host a TV show. I did like a national TV appearance on a dating show and won. And that was a big deal because no one had seen like a Chinese American go and win this show on TV. So that thing went viral in China. And then like next thing you know, like, you know, you just have this, like once you decide to take that path that was meant for you to take, you'll start to see these things unfold. You'll, it's like a video game, bro. It's like Zelda, right? You'll just see paths that start to unravel that you never knew were possible unless you took that leap of faith. So this is where I'm at now. And um, I'm very, very happy in my point of life. You took that leap of faith and you're happy. Very happy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I couldn't be more happy. Am I as successful as I was working the corporate slave hours? Eh, give or take, I'm probably at the same, but it doesn't matter because I'm way more happier making less than doing something I love than, you know, selling out and just like sit on a pile of money like Scrooge McDuck, which, you know, it, that you have to do things that fulfill your soul. You know, you have to do things that like make you feel alive. I get it. I get it. I get it. Feeling alive. So just a recap of your introduction. What a what a compelling story, man. It's so compelling. I know. What a long intro. You're like, dude, I just wanted you to say your name. Right, <laughs> no, no. Ten-minute monologue, dude. No, that was great. That was great. That's great material. All right, cool. So let's oh, thank go. you. But recap. You're like, this guy's, a, this guy's a comedian. He seems more like he's a TED talker. <laughs> it's inspirational. You went, through, you. Uh, you went through your lowest points, right? It was DUI, girl left you. And yeah, laid off in the threes, and then you went you went backpacking in Central America, and yeah. basically, you know, you 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 came up and you survived from your lowest point, and now you are a phoenix, yeah. and you've taken comedy by storm, uh, and that, my friends, is Mr. George Wang. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Let's, let's, move let's move on to the next one. Uh, let's go into your money. Uh, tell me, how would you explain money? to a 12 year old well i'm gonna explain it the way my dad explained it to me growing up is uh when i was really young he would always like he was always trying to let me know the importance of money mm -hmm. so like for me money is is energy meaning like if you are in the process of like you know people who do good work get paid a lot of money so you have to think that, yes, you do need money to survive, but don't let that be the ends of everything. Don't let money be the one thing that like controls every aspect of your life. It should be a big part of your life. Absolutely. 
money and health because you need those two things to survive. But, um, you know, I, uh, it's kind of crazy because, you know, I, I grew up in a very, very, like my dad was an immigrant. He came here with no money and he had to basically fight his way to, you know, the American lifestyle, the American dream. And, you know, what, what, as us, as these, you know, these offspring of our, of our parents who came here, literally not knowing the, the, the culture, not knowing how to speak another language and then having to like survive and create wealth in a land that, you know, you've, I, I like, I could not do that. If my dad threw me to China, I would not know what, I would just come back with the coronavirus. Like I would not know what to do, but my dad, um, you know, like I saw him build an empire of restaurants. Like his thing was he learned how to cook. And then he realized in Colorado, there was really no Chinese restaurants. And majority of the people were, were American, Caucasian. So him and my mom opened the first Chinese restaurant in Colorado Springs. And it's almost like anything. You're, you're the first Chinese. And from there, he just blew up. And so I grew up seeing money. I was around money. We lived in a big house. We had, you know, he had all the cars, but he was not, he was so stressed out from so many different things. It's so crazy. Like the level of happiness I saw my dad in when he was at his highest level, you know, of all these different, you know, businesses he ran to like having to lose everything. Like, like, you know, it's like, rags to riches it was like riches to rags for us we we're like the beverly hillbillies like the chinese beverly hillbillies like we were really really on top and then when my dad lost everything during like the the the, the depression or whatever we had to move to la from colorado from scratch and that's when i saw how important money actually was because we didn't know like i went from living like a king in this like big house tvs nice cars never knowing like how, how to really appreciate those things. Cause when we came here and we didn't have anything, we we're eating on the floor, you know, uh, my dad would take us to the 99 and said, oh, it's a $10 pick a Tim thing you like, you know, like having to see this um, transition of lots of money to no money. And like just seeing the level of stress my dad was at, it almost seemed like he was happier without so much money. It was weird. Cause for the first time he could kind of just chill he wasn't so stressed out. He didn't have so many different people to manage. He wasn't fighting with my mom. He just drove a cab and was like, hi, oh, I drive with the cab. And he was just, uh, you know, like, so it was really weird. So for me, money is, is, it's like, I've seen it at its best and I've seen it at its worth. And of course, like, I would like to have all the money in the world, but I would also like to have money for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I like to have money to survive. I'm not an excessive person. I'm not flashy. I really don't buy things that I don't need. I, I think of anything like it just depends on, on what money is to you. And for me, it really is just a, a ways to survive mm -hmm. and a ways to like, um, like how hard you work obviously will reflect in how much money you make. And I think it's, uh, it's like a double-edged sword for me, man. Like, I love money, but I'm not like, you know, like, I'm not like, um, what is it? Like, cash money millionaire love money. You know what I mean? Like, 
it. You're not like a Chinese. You're not like a like a what is it like a mainland yeah. Chinese guy who's just yeah. All- like I don't have that Chinese mind. They're all about money. Like when I used to, I used to be a brand ambassador for the skate companies, and they sat me down. They're like, you know, everything about you perfect. But one thing right now, why you make no money? You too much skateboard. Maybe the skateboard make more money. I'm like, dude, I don't care, dude. <laughs> like, I, I like he's he's telling me I'm not making money because I skate, and I was like. Well, I'd rather make whatever money and, like, skate and be happy than to, like, be, like, make all this money and be, like, I don't know. It's weird. I'm not saying to people, like, don't go out there and make tons of money, but just don't let it, like, control every facet of your life. Unless you have, like, your responsibilities, a family, kids, bills, then by all means, you have to step up the plate. But for me, like, I'm not in any of those traps. So I'm very happy being a minimalist and really just, you know, having enough to get by, enough to like eat good food, you know, buy craft beer, not worry about my rent. Right, right. I said, tell it how it is. Tell it how it is. You know. Yeah, you know. I love. I love. I don't know. (laughs) I I I don't know. Maybe I should start cursing right now. Like I, I don't know. No, that was great. That was great. That was great. That was great. Thank you. That like we'll do we'll do a turn, a transition, because I, I really appreciate that. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't understand. And I personally didn't understand that from uh from, from your story, which was like I didn't know you came from like riches to rags. And I think there's something like powerful in that, because like, you know, do you think that like do you think that's that uh that like you know defined you as a person? Well, the thing is, we're not poor. Like we didn't, we went, we went from very wealthy to like middle income, right? Middle class. Like we went from up, upscale to middle scale to like right now, you know, my dad drives Uber. Um, you know, he definitely has big plans, but I've just learned that the reason why I would want tons of money, honestly, is to be able to help people around me. Like for me, being able to just like sleep at night, have money to buy food and then go out and skateboard. I'm very bohemian in that way. Like I have a very like surfer mind mentality, but the reason why I would have all this money is like to be able to take care of my dad, to be able to retire him. You know, like I don't want to see that guy drive Uber. Like it'd be so cool to just be like, hey dad, don't worry about it. Here's a house, here's a new car. Like that, those are the reasons why I like to make money. You know, why I strive to be able to do things like that, you know? Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I see now. See now. Here, here's a line transition right here. So I see a lot. I see a lot of you like posting about you know your dad and everything, um, about how he like brings you food randomly and uh, like you know you've been talking about how he he's been you know kind of teaching you like what what can what what type of education like did you did you get like growing up you know like are you like a typical like straight a asian kid or or uh... no never never dude i've always been bad like i've always been like for some reason uh when i was uh young and i went to private schools i just had this weird thing where uh, i just didn't do good in school i got kicked out of private school because i i i would repeat bad words i would just watch like hbo all day and I'd watch like rated R movies. I was watching movies you definitely couldn't watch as like a five-year-old boy. And then I would just go to school and repeat everything in the movie. Basically doing the cursing thing on here, but in school. Right. And then, uh, yeah, just getting kicked out. I was just, uh, no, I was so bad. 
And the cool thing was my dad always like let he always told me like, you know, school's not for everybody. You're like, hey, you know, I know you don't like a man, but I throw you a skateboard. You are like Albert Einstein all of a sudden. You know, and it was like he always just said it like this. He's like, if you're gonna find something, bro, just be about that life and find a way to make money doing it, like I did. He's like, I don't have car. I come to America, I don't even know anything. I don't know how to cook. I just keep cook, cook, cook. Then I teach all the wife about to cook. Then listen, I open my restaurant. Then another restaurant. Then one another restaurant. And so it's like he has this very like go get it independent spirit where it was like I got to see that, and that's why he is my role model because my dad wasn't a college educated man. He was just a hustler. He came from nothing, and he built an empire. He was a street dude, um, and that's kind of how like I always saw it. Where like I just wasn't connected in school like i didn't understand why we had to learn these seven things like really like history like why well, i don't want to i don't care about like it wasn't until like i got to college and i took like niche history classes where they told real history that i started to you know be a little more open-minded about like being educated with things but in terms of like general ed i hated it dude i hated school i definitely it was not me i was never the guy who just i wasn't super asian I, I came here from Colorado where there was no Asians. So it felt like that Martian and Toy Story when he gets dropped into the into the like the claw and he's like, whoa, there's so many of you. Like I felt that way when I came to California. Cause I was the odd Asian. Like while everyone was lowering their civics, I was raising my truck. You know, <laughs> like while they were getting bangs and like solo belts with the big old Frisco bed, I was like dyeing my hair green, like. I was very what you would say whitewashed, but it wasn't that I was whitewashed. I just wasn't into like super Asian things. Like just because I don't drink boba and like I go to, I, I put a spoiler on my Civic doesn't mean I'm whitewashed. It just means I'm in a punk rock. I'm in a skating. I'm in, mm. I'm not into these super Asian things, you know? And I always felt weird because I didn't really hang out with a lot of Asians. I actually hung out with a lot of Hispanics. And uh, it was it was kind of like I was raised by like more the Hispanic community growing up than I, I was the Asian community until I went to college and got an Asian girlfriend and she took me raving and that whole side of me I got to learn. But yeah, I was definitely just I was not your typical Asian guy at all. Uh, not studious. Definitely like. What would you <laughs> What would you give a, what, how would you, uh, how would you explain, um, since this show, I feel like this, this, the, the community hotline is, is about like the youth, right? So in terms of education, everything that you've learned and your experiences, how you went through it, how would you, uh, how would you, would you, what would you tell a kid if a kid was like, yo, like, how do I, how do I go? How do I be in it? Like how you said, you know, if you're going to do something, like be all in, whether that's school or whether that's life. Like, how do you tell someone like that? Well, the cool thing is one thing that was really like the most fulfilling part of all this that when I said I got to teach, I got to, I got offered a job to actually teach skateboarding and I worked with LAUSD for a year. It was the first ever that they implemented a skateboarding program where you went in there as a teacher teaching kids how to skateboard. It was so ridiculous because this is the one thing growing up that was like, taken away from me like it was you cannot have your skateboard it would see you were seen as a delinquent it went like this it went 
it went gangsters, taggers, skaters, and drug addicts. <laughs> that was the hierarchy of like of dirt bags in the nineties. And then to take this thing that I grew up just being like demonized by the school district to like, oh, we need you to teach these kids. It was like, whoa! It felt like it, it dude. It felt like it been a Ben Stiller movie, dude. Like you just took these kids that were like they never skated and. But the one thing it taught me, though, honestly, is uh, when I was connecting to these kids. Right. You have to find that thing inside of you. Because there's guys in there I would see that wanted to learn how to skate. And then now I see them and they're getting really good. And they've kind of gone down this path of like skating or whatever. You just, just seeing things like that. It's like whatever it is you're into, you just have to tap into that. You know, I'm, I like one of my best friends is college grad, has a great job. He, he makes Vans shoes and I'm so proud of him, man. He took all the steps. I mean, going to college is not easy. Like being able to graduate, get the degree, go through all those steps. I give everybody props who can do that because that's a lot of discipline and a lot of work. And some people are just built to like have that and they have that in them where they can take those steps on an academic level like my sister me, I'm, I'm just, I can't. I just can't do anything I don't like. I can't, like, sit and listen. I can't pretend to get, like, these credits I don't care about. Like, I have to do something I like. So I think with the learning about teaching these kids, it's just tapping in. Whether or not it's skating. Like, some of these guys, they're not going to be pro skaters. I mean, it's very hard. <laughs> but... <laughs> you know what they I mean? Like, Are they, do they say that to you? Like, Mr. Mr. George, I want to be... I'm just going to... I'll be honest, like I have a skate eye and it's just even me, dude, I'm good, but I'm not pro, dude. You have to understand, like when you get to that level pro, it's that guy that you see that's the LeBron James, the, the outliers on the court that you're like, whoa, that guy's going somewhere. I mean, honestly, the kids were pretty good. And there was one guy that was really, really good. But I always told them, like, don't just think that, like, you know, you're going to be this pro skater because there's it's it's really hard. You can aim for that, but also have backup plans. You can be someone in the industry. You can still get a college degree, learn how to make skateboards, learn how to start your own skate company, learn business, take the, the cool skate style and start your own clothing brand. I mean, that's what I mean by tapping in. It doesn't mean that you have to be the skater or do whatever you want. It's just tap into what you like and what you're passionate about and find a way to turn that into some and monetize it. Like find a way to monetize something you like. And of course, you're going to have to get a normal job and work some, you know, crazy job just to like get by. But if you work hard enough at something, you could eventually flip it and turn it into, I don't know, maybe something sustainable, you know? So, I mean, I've always been more uh, with that type of approach. Okay. Okay. I will have, so for the uh, so so now, you basically I guess in terms of uh, do you have like a real life example of like turning that of monetizing like your passions? Yeah, dude. So this is a crazy one, right? And this is this will um, deal with everything we're doing now because I know a lot of comedians right now during the quarantine are not working, and it sucks because they only get their money when they're on stage. And I've always told every one of these guys, if you're a comedian, don't just leave it all on the stage. You want to be like an entity, you know, like Chris Brock, Adam Sandler. They're making movies. Some people are comedians, but they end up like a Seth Rogen or a Judd Apatow. Like you, you have so many avenues. 
And that's one avenue. Some people are really good at that, but try to spread yourself out because in cases something like this, you might be screwed. And when I started my broadcast, the positive prank calls, you know, there was a period in my life where I just, I, I had gotten laid off from this job I'd been with for a while. It got bought out and I was kind of screwed and I didn't know what to do. But for two years, I had to rebuild a platform, which, you know, was about like 10,000 viewers. It got about like a thousand views a night, but I did it free for like two years. I do these prank, I do these social pranks and prank calls like, um, and practical jokers. Okay. But I realized I didn't monetize it. And one day when I lost the job, I realized, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next four months to support myself until I find something because I was a contractor and I didn't qualify for unemployment. I just, um, I just let my audience know. I said, Hey guys, if you want me to continue this, I need you guys to donate or do something because you know, I can't give you free art or free whatever. I mean, this is work to make you guys <laughs> to prank call and do that. It's like free work. And I was like, I'm not saying like put me on a salary, but if I'm playing good music, throw a couple bucks in the guitar case. And then I swear the next day, this whale, like this guy donated like five grand. And I was like, whoa, dude. So I call the guy on the phone and I'm like, whoa, dude, like, uh, I, and I, here, I'm not going to cuss, but I'm like, I don't have to do any like sexual favors for this money. Right. And he's like, no, don't worry. You don't have to like get down on your knees or anything. I just want to let you know, like I'm rich and I spend a lot of money on like stupid stuff, like strip clubs. Um, I spent a lot of money on medication to, to deal with my depression. And he goes for the last year when I discovered your show, I've been watching this and it has been curing my depression because you make me laugh at night. So I see this as an equal value for like how you've healed me or whatever I did to compel this guy to donate that much money. And that's what he told me. He was like, you don't think you're worth this 5,000 because you don't think you're worth it. He's like already that mindset, you should already be open to like me just giving you this because I feel like that's what you're worth to me. And when he told me this, God bless his soul. Um, he passed away three months after that. Like, I, I don't know if he was on some like last minute kick, but he made me believe in myself greater than I was. And I realized like, even like having a broadcast at home or starting anything, like I listened to a Tom Green um, podcast interview with Brogan today. And he had that public access show for seven years. He did it for free in Canada and MTV picked up on it and like, look where he's at now. So it's like, you know, these little f things you do on the side, Never think that, like, I don't know, maybe you make beats. Don't ever think that, like, oh, those beats are garbage because you might one day throw it on SoundCloud and, like, some crazy rapper collabs with you and you're the next Swiss Beats. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to just nurture these things that you like to do on the side because you never know. And had I not built that platform and met that guy, I would have never even known that that was possible to, like, make a broadcast where you can make money from. And then you have to think in larger scales. Okay, this is where, you know, I'm sure Howard Stern reached a point where he syndicated the show. I mean, it's just whatever it is, just start it. And, if you know, it's it's not for everybody, like I said. But, um, you know, that that that's what I, that's where I was. Like, I was able to find a way to make the things I like make money for me. But did it happen overnight? Hell no. It took me 10 years of having, like, a normal job 
finally to like save enough money to, I don't know, jump into this whole new thing that I, I'm doing now. But spilling your heart out right now, man. This is yeah, dude. right here is entertainment. Thank you. We're, we're going in, bro. What, uh, what, uh, I mean, you, you, you've been in, how long you been in comedy now? I've Boy, been in comedy. Um, right now it's been about 11 years. 11 years. Okay. So how does, how does, uh, how does a new, how does a new comedian get started in comedy? You know, they were like, Hey, uncle Wang, let me, let me get some, you know, if I had. Find an op find an open mic or find a crowd of people and get them to listen to your jokes for five minutes and then keep doing that every single day until you get funny. Like, um, yeah, that's all I could say. It's the only comedy is not for the faint of heart, dude. I quit comedy three different times on three occasions. The first three years I should just throw out completely because they were just like, I would go in and go out and I just didn't have enough humility to deal with like that disappointment of knowing you're going to suck for a while until you get really good. Like you may have like, you're like, I came out swinging. I'm not going to lie. Like my first three shows were hot. And then by the fourth and fifth, when they threw me in the like Hollywood, like, you know, you had like Jim Gaffigan do a drop in and I'm doing this like weird bringer show. That's when you get humbled and you realize like, whoa, this is a craft you have to do for a very long time and take very seriously and do day in and day out in front of different crowds uh, to figure it out. And, and, you know, I would say, yeah, try, but don't quit your day job, dude. Don't think that you're going to like, you're going to be, you know, Adam Sandler or George Lopez, like, like the skating thing, dude. It's a huge climb towards the top, but you just have to keep trusting the process, you know, and, and it's worth and, it. Uh, it's worth it. It is, dude. It, it really is. I mean, if I could look at my life now to like, I'd say last year to the year before, I feel like it keeps getting better. It keeps getting better and I keep being put in a better position. Be, and that shows me growth. And it's only a matter of time. If you just keep going at it, you're going to get there, dude. You will. If you, if you, if you know there's something, if you, there's a spark and you keep chipping away at it, something will give at some point, you know, you're not going to be Richard Pryor, maybe the next George Garland, but you could make a living doing standup, which is a great thing to be able to say you do. Like I make money telling jokes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell me, tell me, uh, just to kind of wrap it up now, what are the, what are two pieces of life advice you have, you have for the, for the, for the world, for the youth? Okay. My first life advice is, uh, something my dad told me. Uh, one thing I like is he's always told me prevention is better than a cure. <laughs> All right. And mm -hmm. the second one is if there's no lion in the mountain, the monkey can become king. Hold on. Say that one more time. The he lion. said, if, there, if there's no lion in the mountain, the monkey can become king. Elaborate on that one more time. I honestly, dude, I'm still, I'm still don't know what that means. You but just it know that. <laughs> it sounds great, dude. I, my dad will spit like he has, I, you're, if you got a Chinese dad, I, my, my dad is like a rapper. 
where he'll just spit profound lines and you just got to figure it out. Like he doesn't tell you what it means. He just is like, I, you've seen my comedy where he does the father philosophy stuff. Yeah, he yeah. lets you figure that out through your life lesson. Like prevention is better than a cure. Right. Right. Like, right. you know, like for example, um, I forgot, like, I, I... anyways. Um, yeah. So those are the two pieces of life advice. I get it. All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, Before I forget, uh, 88 Real Estate Media is looking for members to join the oversight committee uh, to build the best mindfulness school in Southern California. Uh, Shoot us a message to learn more. And if you do business in the real estate industry, please do consider working with us next time. Thank you for joining us, Mr. George Wang. And, and can I plug something real quick? Plug as much as you want. You got it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at George Wang Jr. I put a lot of content out on there. And then my Periscope show, if you have Periscope, the app, it's Wang's World. Hold on a second. How do you spell Wang's World? W-A-Y-N-G World? N-G, it's like Wang's, like Wang's World, but it's Wang. W-A-N-G-S. Okay. World. And then... And then you can follow me on my Pornhub channel at Magic Rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there. Just don't follow me in real life because that would be creepy as hell. But if any, <laughs> any three of those, that's uh, you could you could get me there. Guys, let's do it, guys. Follow him, Mr. George Wayne Jr. on the IG. Uh, Wayne, yeah, but I'm scope. And uh, what, what did you say what about on your Pornhub account? Well, I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I don't I know. Have porn on me. I said, I, it's, I, if, if I did, it would be magic rice. Like, if if I were to go into porn, I've already thought of all my different um, state names magic rice. Got it. Got it. Got magic it. rice. Yeah, and Bruce, these, these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Is that cursing?